What up? This is Yinka Dez. Peace, this is Outlaw. And you're listening to the 80s Babies Podcast. And on today's episode, we're going back to the original segment, the Make It a Classic. Yes, sir. This time, it is for Inspector Deck's debut album, Uncontrolled Substance, released October 5th, 1999. So that's right around 20 years. Right. And this is one of the ones that way back early in the show we talked about possibly doing the make it a classic for this album specifically and i think we kind of held off on it for several reasons one because we talk about wu-tang all the time on the show i I know i do it's Mm -hmm. my favorite hip-hop group so i'm prone to talk about it but also because we we thought hey why don't we wait for you know until it gets around 20 years and so we're right around that date right and yeah to say the least this is definitely an episode that i've been looking forward to record so mm-hmm. what are some of your initial thoughts about what are what we're going to speak on today this uh, you know unfortunately kind of falls in the canon of the 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 cannabises of the world i'd <laughs> wow, even venture tough. as far enough to say as this album you know bears a striking resemblance to the feelings that i felt when memphis bleak's album came out um i got you i really really anticipated this album uh, Inspector Deck was one of my favorite rappers when this album came out. Mm-hmm. I had very high hopes for this album, and it definitely disappointed me. But I feel like at the time, you know, and maybe I'm going into the the where were you and all that other stuff. Yeah, um, sure, just go into it. I was such a fan of this kind of hip hop that mm-hmm. I still was an ardent defender of Inspector Deck despite the shortcomings of this album. Yeah. But I guess we'll talk about it a little bit more when we get into it. So Okay. For me, when I first listened to this album, I mean, obviously, this is one of the ones I was really looking forward to. I was probably anticipating this album more than I was anticipating most Def Black on both sides. Right? Yeah. Because Inspector Deck is one of my, at this point, is one of my favorite members of the Wu-Tang Clan. He's right. one of my favorite MCs, period. And every right. single time I'm listening to any kind of hip-hop-y album, and I look at the back credits to see who's featured. And it's not necessarily Wu-Tang Clan, just anybody. Mm-hmm. If I see Inspector Deck's name on it, I'm like, oh, I got to listen to that song. Yep. Even if I don't buy the album, I got to find a way to listen to this song. Yep. Because every single feature that he was doing was worth listening to. Mm-hmm. Every single Wu-Tang song that he was featured on was worth listening to. Yep. Because his verses just, maybe they weren't all that great, but the... I guess success rate he had of saying something dope, something mm. that would just like make my jaw drop and be like, wow, yeah. that's crazy. Yeah. It was very, very high, more so than Method Man at this time, because yep. Method Man, for as much as I enjoyed his voice, for as much as I enjoyed his flow and his general charisma and energy on the track, mm-hmm. at right around this time is when his lyrics kind of started to fall off a little bit. Right. He wasn't as sharp as he had been in the past, but Deck was still sharp. Yep. You know what I mean? So, every, you know, I was really, really listening, looking forward to this album. Yeah. And I remember I sat on this album for quite a while. This was one of the ones that I had in my rotation whenever I went out to a cross-country meet. Okay. And, you know, any kind of, you know, sport activity, you're on the bus, you have to go to whatever school you have to to compete. I got my CD player, my, my, my disc man. This was definitely one of the ones that was in heavy rotation. Yeah. And even though I didn't necessarily like all of it, I was definitely disappointed at the time, as were you. There mm-hmm. were certain songs that I liked enough that I was able to still listen to it. Yeah. I think the thing that distinguishes this album from a lot of the other Wu, earlier Wu-Tang projects is that when I first put those in, there were maybe like five songs out of 15 that I really liked. And the rest I was kind of mm-hmm. like, meh. But the more I sat with the album, the more I learned to appreciate just how good those other songs were. Right, right. That did not happen when I listened to this album in 1999, mm-hmm. which is one of the reasons why I was kind of disappointed, which is why I thought that, hey, we should do a make uh, a make it a classic for this, yeah. for this album. Yeah. I was also in Virginia when this came out. And I remember being in high school and, you know, when you're in high school, there's not all that much that you can do. You want to be social, especially when you're this young. Right. I'm like ninth or 10th grader here. But, you know, I would go to Fair Oaks Mall all the time. And so I remember very distinctly this album coming out and going to the Tower Records or Sam Goody. No, it was Sam Goody because the Tower Records was a little was a little down the street in Fairfax. You know what I'm talking about. (laughs) We have a Virginia history now. But uh, so you had Sam Goody in Fair Oaks Mall and then you had Tower Records down the street a little bit. And so I was in, you know, the Sam Goody and I remember copping this and being super duper excited about it. 
I had that loud sampler that I let you borrow. So, right. you know, at the time, all my favorite rappers are on loud, you know, uh, loud or ruckus. Um, and so, you know, this album's coming out on loud. Loud Records releases a sampler with some other album that I had bought fairly recently. The whole, it's two tracks. The first track is, is literally just, you know, excerpts cut out of all these different Inspected Deck verses on previous songs. And they're all amazing. Um, and then the second track is Rec Room and uh, Word on the Street. I think it's like a good put combo. All, yeah, like like put a, like a A side B side almost, but all put on the same track. So yeah, so you know that was my intro to this album, and so I, I'm I'm so excited for this album leading up to this album. You know, I'm a high schooler. I'm you know in Virginia, and I just remember finally getting this and feeling a little deflated in that you know <laughs> when you're the me's and probably the use of, yeah. of what we were in high school. Um, you know, your opinion is kind of known as a as a, a little bit contrary to what the mainstream is in terms of who's the best rapper, what's the best this, what's the best that, right? Like, yeah, everybody's no like, shit. oh, well, Jay-Z's the best rapper. Oh, well, right. this, that. And your opinions are, differ a little bit. And so yeah. as a result of that, you almost are looking to the individuals that you are caping for to take up for you. When you, you know, when they release projects because you've been telling everybody about how amazing they are and they've not necessarily yeah. been in agreement with you. So when this album came out and was disappointing, it was doubly disappointing because I told everybody <laughs> Inspector Dex, one of the best rappers, but then he puts out this album and I can't even really use it as, as my defense. So that's kind of yeah. where I was, you know, uh, I was I was a big Inspector Deck fan and I probably my expectations was probably a nine to a 10 out of 10 of what this okay. album was going to be. I think that's fair in terms, definitely in terms of the expectations. Like I said, I had more expectations for this album than I did Black on Both Sides. Yeah. And I think a lot of people did as well. And that's one of the reasons why this album, I felt, should have been a classic because it's, mm -hmm. you know, every hip hop person who had an appreciation for lyrical talent yeah. had a respect for Inspector Deck. Now, whether or not you put him as one of the top MCs didn't matter. Right. We all respected Inspector Deck. And. Wu-Tang had a history of, at least up until that point, had had a history of putting out really dope solo projects. Except Method, and so, who had come out the previous year. Yes, right. but that was still, you know, it went double platinum. That was still good mm -hmm. enough mm -hmm. that you didn't think that this was going to be all that disappointing. Right. And so I think that, you know, given that this was his debut... Given how long we've been waiting, I think we expected a lot more from this project. And for me, that's why, you know, I, I thought it would have been I thought it would have been a classic when I heard it. Yeah. Sadly, it's not. But I think I can make the case on this episode as to how it would be a classic. Word. Word. So be before we get into that, though, we should probably talk about the critical reception. Yeah. And I think it's got favorable reviews. It's kind of mixed. I think if I had to tally up all of these scores that I'm seeing here on the Wikipedia, they're probably going to give it a 6.7 out of 10, which is favorable. It's not great. Mm. Um, Robert Christigal gives it a, a two stars out yeah. of what? I have no idea. R Robert Christigal finally gets it right, right? Like, I mean, <laughs> you know, he he's rarely a voice that's it strays from the pack when he's doing these these hip hop yeah. reviews based on the stuff we've been seeing since we started and, this and, show. Unless it's West Coast, because he has well, no yeah, appreciation yeah, he, for he West Coast. <laughs> um, but but Robert Christgau gives us two stars, and I think he's he's right about where he should be personally. I'm guessing that it's two stars out of five, yeah. maybe out of four. I would assume it's out of five. Um, okay. And it's interesting because the other scores we have here. Out of five, they seem to be right around four. So you yeah, know, most of these the, other critics don't really seem like they thought it was all that bad. Yeah, the source gave this four out of five mics. And again, mm -hmm. that's the same score that they gave Black on both sides. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, there needs to be an episode on like a retroactive episode for the source ratings on uh, on some of these albums yo somebody needs to like do a show where they take the critics they put the years that they you know were in you know working for these popular publications yeah. and then they just take them to, to to task about like what their ratings were or ask them like you know can you justify why you said this album was a four versus this album being a five versus this album being a three because yeah i feel like you know 
the, the hip hop industry is a little bit incestuous and it, it kind of in the same way of the, the, the government, you know, once you get into the industry, you can kind of just, you know, sustain a career of just kind of existing for forever and ever. Amen. Whether mm-hmm. you're good or bad at your job. And so it would be interesting just to have kind of a performance review of the people who have been rating these albums for popular publications over the years. That would be, I would watch that personally. I'm a nerd though. I so. would definitely watch that as well. <laughs> so amongst your peers, uh-huh. what was the critical reception of this album? Happy you asked that. I feel as though we are now at a place in hip hop where there are three camps of individuals who listen to hip hop. Okay. Um, camp number one, I call them just hip hop fans, right? Okay. People that are like, yo, you know, I'm black and I, you know, listen to rap music. And so, you know, whoever's the mainstream rappers of the time, you know, whether it's DMX, it's Jay-Z, whoever it is, we can talk about those things. I've heard those songs. I've heard those albums. That's great, right? Number two, camp number two, probably a a little bit more along the lines of where I sat, right? Which is like your, your underground hip hop heads, you know, people who felt as though they had some sort of discerning taste uh, when it came to, you know, lyrical, lyricism, hip hop, the four elements, all that other great shit, right? That's a camp. Now the third camp, which was fast growing at this point in time, which would be who I would call the woo disciples. You may have fallen into this, this camp. These are people who literally worship the Wu Tang. Anything they put out (laughs) was amazing. They were the best rappers. They, you know, they had their stickers on their binders. They had the posters in the, on their walls. Like Wu Tang could literally do no wrong. It was almost like a cult. So, you know, I kind of have to divide my answer based on those kind of three camps, right? Because sure. the Wu Disciples said this was amazing because everything Wu-Tang did was amazing. Okay. Um, you know, the underground hip-hop heads kind of got quiet, which is is how you know that this album wasn't as good as it should have been because, yeah. you know, we probably would have claimed a victory here if, if it had been a, a great album. And then the regular, you know, hip-hop fans had nothing to say about it. I, if, I don't know if they listened to it. And if they did listen to it, they you know, didn't think like either way about it. So I Mm -hmm. I didn't hear people who were not, you know, self-proclaimed hip hop heads talking about this album at all, personally. Okay. What did you hear around you? You know, at this point, most of my friends weren't really into Wu-Tang. I mean, even Uh friends like Koi weren't listening to a lot of these new projects. The only other Wu-Tang friend I had was Carlos, but he and I are just now starting to form a friendship. And Mm -hmm. I don't think we realized that we were both Wu-Tang fans like that. I think the first Wu-Tang album that we really shared together in terms of like, yo, like this is dope, Mm -hmm. would have been Ghostface Killer Supreme Clientele, which doesn't come out until January or February of 2000. Right. Right. So in terms of this album, there was no real big buzz about it, which probably mm-hmm. lets you know that it wasn't all that great. Yeah. The other thing to keep in mind here is that Wu-Tang had just coming out, started coming out with the, all of their second string albums, right? right? Their second right. cycle. Yeah. So you had, you had Capadonna right. and The Pillage, which was definitely solid. We, Cult we both favorite. liked that album. Yeah. Yes. You had Takao 2000, which was definitely a disappointment. It has mm-hmm. some dope stuff on there. Mm-hmm. But as a collection of 26 tracks, however many <laughs> long it was, right. in my opinion, it was disappointing. Yeah. And then in the summer in 1999, you had Just As Beneath the Swords, which was a disappointing mm. album, despite the fact that it actually has some really, really good songs on there mm-hmm. as an entire piece of music. Yeah. It's not very good. It's probably worth and an make it a classic. We're not mm-hmm. going to do that. Mm-hmm. But it's got enough good stuff on there that I think it would be. But then you also had You God's Golden Arms Redemption, which comes out sometime <laughs> oh, around this. You're right. And that is, that is trash. Although you're I will right. say, I listened to that album the other day, like skimmed through it. Uh-huh. There were some really good beats on there. Uh-huh. He just did nothing with them. But there were some <laughs> actually some dope beats on there. And I then think- Raekwon's Immobilarity comes out sometime around this. And that album is fucking... Awful. That album might God be worse awful. than yo. It might be worse than Golden Arms Redemption. It's yes. that bad. Good yo, God, God that Golden Arms trash. Redemption might be the only Wu Tang album that came out around this time that I didn't even bother listening to, and that's saying and that's a fair. lot. That's fair. Yeah. That's fair. We're gonna talk a little bit more about these projects when we do our 20 year tribute to yeah. Supreme Clientele, which is coming. Calmont will be back for that, and it's gonna be great. And I can't wait. 
But um, yeah. yeah, so that was, you know, I'm not sure what the critical reception of my peers was because they mm-hmm. didn't really care. I think at this point, yeah. they were just like, yo, outlaw, go stand in your corner and listen to your Wu-Tang. <laughs> we're going to keep listening to Cash Money and DMX because that shit's hot. All right, so all right, right. that's the critical reception around my way. Yeah. yeah. Word up. So um, we kind of talked about uh, our perception I guess the next would would be uh, would be the lowlights you want to do, or well, do you do let's, let's start with the highlights and then we'll go into the lowlights. Okay, yeah, that's probably a better. I want to I want to hear your highlights first. My biggest highlight is the single selection. Okay, um, there were two singles that I remember off this album, and it was "Rec Room" and then "Word on the Street," which kind of was a street single. Okay. Um, those are the only two good songs on this album. So you know, okay. great job uh, picking those. And um, those would also be my highlights. Okay. And that concludes my highlights. Wow. All right. So uh, yeah, let me get into is. my highlights. And so you already touched on one. Um, Rep Room was a huge highlight for me yeah, back in for the day. Sure. I loved, I loved, you know, Dex Flow on it. I yep. loved True Master as a producer. Yep. Um, I just love the energy. That was probably the song that I was listening to the most. Mm-hmm. Word on the street also is definitely a highlight for me. Um, more so then than it is now. It's still a good song. It's still a highlight for me now. It was a bigger highlight for me then. I think yeah. Movers and Shakers was a highlight for me then. Uh-huh. I still enjoyed the song, though yeah. when we get into our Make It A Classic, it doesn't make the album. Okay. Um, but it was a highlight for me then. It was a song that I liked. Mm. And Trouble Room was a song that I enjoyed back Trouble then. Trouble Man? But, yeah, the Pete Rock beat. Mm-hmm. I think that's an amazing song. In fact, that song is a highlight for me now, as is a song that I enjoyed back then, but it wasn't a highlight for me back then. It is now. Is the song Friction. Um, that beat is amazing. That is a, that's a RZA beat. It's a vintage RZA beat. If you like albums like Ghostface Killer's Iron Man, uh-huh. that's a beat that I would think that, 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 that you would like. Yeah. So those would probably be my highlights for the album, as well as Deck himself. Mm. I think that his lyrics on this album are good. And even though he doesn't have the emotional weight as, say, someone uh, like, like Ghostface Killer, mm. I do think he packs enough punch to carry this album as a solo MC, mm. uh, which is something that may not always be the case for you know the, the Wu-Tang members. For example, You God Cannot Carry a Solo Album. Yeah. And Master Killer, as much as I like Master Killer, and as, li- as much as I like No Said Date, uh-huh. I don't think Master Killer can c- carry a solo album either. But he did, um, though. He did. Because No Said Date was actually good. I was surprised, but... That's, that's fair, but, yeah. it, it, but not the same way that Ghostface or Raekwon can yeah, do it and yeah. even then i'd even make the argument that i'm not sure if raekwon can hold a solo album either considering Whoa. that only built for cuban links is very much a ghostface project and a wu-tang project as well but we'll yeah. get into that a yeah. little bit more when we talk about some of the lowlights so those are okay. those are my highlights for the album yeah but i definitely need to get into your lowlights man this is such a shit album to me i'm sorry <laughs> it's so no, it's bad fine. it's uh, fine it's fine my lowlights so um the production, just in general. Um, okay. I, I think Inspected Deck is one of the few rap artists who seems to enjoy monotony. Um, yeah. And I say that in that, like, a lot of the production that he chose was, like, one-bar loops, which mm-hmm. you actually don't hear one-bar loops very often in hip-hop. Most hip-hop beats are two-bar loops, you know, with some instrumentation added to them. Like, that's, like, the most common beat that you're going to get, right? Yeah. Um, and the thing about a one bar loop, Wu-Tang is one of the only groups that I think can take a one bar loop and like make it interesting. It, you know, we've seen them do it time and time again. Yeah. The posse cuts over one bar loops. Like RZA can make a one bar loop and he can give you enough variation with different voices and things like that, that it, it, it doesn't bore you all the way. Okay. But man, a lot of these beats just really, really bored me. And um, I got you. You know, and I think a lot of that was just Inspector Dex just kind of voice on his own was just him mm-hmm. over the one bar loops it just wasn't really working for me so uh production is a low light for me all right um the fact that rizza is not the the executive producer here well is a, that's the thing he is the executive producer in name only Dude, that's fair i wanted to talk about this as well but we will go into that now i was very surprised uh-huh. listening to this album because i uh-huh. i've been listening to this album all week and yeah. i think on my third listen through i was like man 
this is another project that RZA should have been the executive producer. And then yeah. I look at the credits, and he's listed as executive producer, and I was shocked. You know, though, I was shocked. You know, man, I think honestly, I was reading some other, you know, kind of uh, what do you call it, critical reception uh, pieces about this, you know, just yeah. in, in anticipation of it. And what what a lot of them were saying was that this time frame, and it's so true if you go and you look at the other product that was happening around here. Um, RZA was kind of doing the management by delegation thing, yeah. which, which we've heard we've heard some other big name producers kind of do, where he was spreading himself super thin, and he was just kind of lending his name and you know a little bit of his time to a lot of different projects. And so you know we have yeah. like a lot of these kind of woo syndicate folks that also were putting out albums around 99 um you know the swarm came out um mm-hmm. i think uh what's the group that killer priests and all of them were in sons of man uh, sons of man um you know so like he had a ton of projects that maybe were getting five percent of his attention i don't yeah. i i honestly and you know maybe i think you're a bigger rizza fan than i am so maybe you can sure. agree with me here but I really don't think that this album had RZA's full attention, and I just I give him too much credit as a as an executive producer to say that he would claim that he, you know, put his full attention into this album. It's just not good enough, personally. Dude, I agree with you, and yeah. it's one of my lowlights. We're gonna finish yeah. with yours, but it's one yeah. of my lowlights. RZA himself is a lowlight for me if he was yeah. the executive producer on this album. Yeah, yeah, it, it's it's not a very good album, but, <laughs> but I've said that already. No, it's, it's, um, I got you. So, uh, you know, uncontrolled substance. Um, you know, it's a title record. It's you know not very good. Um, mm-hmm. I, I think the beat is bad. I think the hook is bad. I think the song is bad. I think the one bar <laughs> loop concept is bad. I just think it's completely bad. Grand mm-hmm. Prix. I get, you know, I get it. Like, this is in the canon of a lot of the kind of posse cuts that you get from Wu. Um, yeah. But it just should have been a better song. It's the, yeah. the beat is kind of boring. The concept is annoying. It's not good. It's hilarious. I want to touch on this a little bit. The uh-huh. fact that I didn't really think of this at the time, uh-huh. but I thought about this recently. I think his whole inspiration for this song mm-hmm. was his feature on Pete Rock's album. Huh. And why is that? Because the video, the video, they're uh, doing their NASCAR thing with Pete Rock and Corrupt uh, and Inspector Deck. And I thought, I feel like that was the inspiration. It's like, oh, we're going to do Grand Prix. Interesting. There it is. It's just, yeah. I don't know. This, that was the image that was coming into my head. Maybe I'm full of shit. That but. makes sense. I mean, my <laughs> thought was just that it was an uncreative way to kind of have this posse cut where you have all these people, you know, kind of rapping in a competitive fashion with no hook. Yeah. I don't know. I get you. Yeah. <laughs> Hold on, I'm about to laugh a little bit. Street life. Uh, he's always yeah. a low light, but he's a low light. <laughs> Sorry, street life. Stop. I got you. Um, elevation, just because of the fact that Stay True has the same sample, and I will never listen to this song. I can't listen to it because Stay True is just too good. Sorry. Yeah. Um, yeah. The girl records on here, which is there's mm-hmm. a lot of them. Yeah. Just know. There's no girl record on here that I can't think of a comparable record that somebody else did that was better. That's fair. Um, so you know, loving you was boring. I put friction as a as a as a low light just because you. you know the the production is fine, the beat is fine, but just who cares? Like, I, there's so many records on here where I, I just don't care what he's saying. Mm-hmm. So I mean, I, I think I'll just leave it at that. I don't want to like say every record, but I really didn't enjoy this album. Okay, so let me start off with the songs that were low lights, and then I'll get into the real meat and potatoes that were low lights for me. <laughs> okay. So the songs that were low lights for me back then and still now, definitely Forget Me Not. Mm. That's the one where he's trying to do almost like a commercial record. It's really bad. <laughs> yeah, it's bad. And that is definitely the worst of, I think that's the worst song on here is Forget Me Not. Do you think that the beat is bad though? For an Inspector Deck Wu-Tang project? Yeah, it's bad. Because I thought that's that this a, was one of the better beats on the project. Yeah, but for me, it doesn't belong on this album. Mm. Like, I just think it's, I just think it's bad. Um, yeah. The other low light in terms of songs, I actually, mm. Grand Prix... There are actually things about that beat that I like because that is like a Wu-Tang Yeah, beat. definitely is. You know what I mean? That's that's a beat that if it were on a better album would be perfectly fine as filler. Yeah. 
But on this album, it's just not it's not all that great because the the spine of this album isn't isn't good. Like it's not mm -hmm. a cohesive project. Very true. And so I think a lot of these songs that could be lowlights to me aren't because I I have a vision of of how they could all be better. Okay. So the only real song for me that is an absolute lowlight uh -huh. is Forget Me Not. Oh, wow. Now the main low light for me mm -hmm. is RZA. Mm -hmm. Now, before I get into why he is a low light, let me just caveat with the fact that I understand that his basement or his room, his studio, whatever, yeah. got flooded not once, but twice. Right. But actually even several times. And the fact that uh -huh. this album, like Inspector Deck's debut album, was ready right when Takao was ready. Right, exactly. But it got washed. Yep. Then again, in 1997, after yep. Wu-Tang Forever, it was ready again and it got wiped. Mm. So I understand that that is a very unfortunate thing to happen. Right. So when I say that RZA to me is a low light, mm -hmm. this is not a personal criticism. It's just my criticism as a fan. Like I don't, I'm not judging any people, right, any of the right, people right. who are responsible for this project. Okay. It's just that it didn't work out and um, I'm disappointed as a fan. So I'm not judging any of these folks, but like they're, they're, they're low lights for me. So. Mm -hmm. RZA is definitely a, a low light because he did not spend the attention to this album that it deserved, especially yeah. when you look at six months later, he's the executive producer for Supreme Clientele. <laughs> right. And the things that they did on that album, like, I, like I've read all about it. Yes, mm -hmm. they got these beats from other producers, but they chopped them and right, split them right. up and they made that album RZA and Ghostface, they made that album to sound as pristine as it was. Yeah. And I personally think that Inspector Deck deserved that for his debut project. Given what happened to mm. his other, you know, attempted debuts, he deserved yeah. the full attention from RZA. Not only that, Inspector Deck deserved the full attention from the Wu-Tang Clan. I'm yeah. disappointed in every Wu-Tang member who was not a part of this album. And I don't know if there mm. was some politics involved as to why yeah. they couldn't feature. My guess is that they just didn't have the money to invest in this project mm. because getting a Ghostface Killer feature, even though he's part of the clan, like that costs money. Getting a man, Method Man feature costs this money. This shit's on loud records. Like it's a Wu-Tang project in the height, the height of their popularity. If, if Steve Rifkin, yo, shout out to Steve Rifkin. I'm a big fan. Dog, if you couldn't get us the members of his group on this album, then you know, you 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 failed. Like you were derelict in your duty to work on this album. That's so and maybe and maybe he's one of them because the only mm -hmm. solo Wu-Tang album that Inspector Deck did not feature on, at least in the initial run, the mm -hmm. only one and I'm not sure if he's on is he on Capadonna's The Pillage? I forget. Ooh. I forgot to look that up. I don't remember. Um, I don't I don't I, remember I, a, a feature of his. Off the top yeah, of I don't, he he may not be on that, but he's on Takao. He's on Iron Man. He's on Only Built for Cuban Links. He's on Liquid Swords, mm -hmm. and he held down Wu Tang forever. He came right. through for y'all on all of your projects. Where the fuck are y'all for him? I don't get it. I don't <laughs> get it. And maybe there was some personal beef. Fine, but like, yeah. shout out to you, God and Master Killer for coming through. Yeah. I don't like you, God, but he's on here twice. That's true. Shout out to you, God, and because he's on here twice, because he came through, yeah. he's not getting cut from the album. He's not getting two <laughs> verses on the album. He will have one verse when I do my make it a classic. Okay, but he, but you know, he came through, so yeah. he gets to stay. Yeah. And also, big low light. Every motherfucking recording engineer, sound engineer, and mixer. The reason why these beats don't sound good is because the mixing is fucking awful. It's horrible. Yeah. These songs, like a lot of these beats, oh. like you can tell what Fourth Disciple is trying to do. You uh. can hear what Mathematics and True Master are trying to do. Uh. But they didn't spend any time mixing it. Uh -huh. And that's why like... Even Inspector Deck, like on a song like The Cause, which he produces, mm -hmm. there's actually a lot of interesting things going on, mm -hmm. but you can't tell because it's mixed so horribly, it sounds <laughs> trash. Yeah. And I think that all the people responsible for putting this album let Inspector Deck down uh, because they just didn't care enough about it. And I think if yeah. they put the time and energy into this album that they put into Supreme Clientele, mm -hmm. we would be talking about it a little bit differently. So those are my main lowlights. Can I ask a question here? Ask it. Do you think that maybe part of it is is Inspector Deck's personality versus Ghostface's personality? Like, I have no idea. Because That's Ghostface what I'm about. seems like he personally to me seems like a much more aggressive person. Even have you been watching that Wu Tang series on Hulu? 
We're going to talk about it. I had trouble after the first episode because mm. I've never read anywhere that Shalal Raekwon shot yeah. up Dennis Cole's career. Yeah, I've th- never heard that They anywhere. definitely took some artistic license with their story. But, um, yeah. you know, the, the personalities of, you know, Dennis, Dennis Coles, who, you know, later becomes Ghostface, and um, Inspector Deck, who we don't even see until like four episodes into the, the show. Yeah. The personalities are so different. And Inspector mm-hmm. Deck, just in everything that I've read and also in the way he's portrayed in the show, he's kind of around, but like he's almost like that guy that like you ever like watch a movie or a television show where like the camera is framed and you hear a bunch of people talking and then suddenly you hear another voice that you didn't know was in the room and then and then the aspect changes and then you realize that there's another person that's been sitting in the room the whole time. Like that's Inspector <laughs> Deck's personality based on what I've seen, right? And so like as a result of that, maybe he didn't have the, you know, the, yo, get this shit done for me, I need it you know, type of personality that is necessary to really push something along, especially when you have a RZA who's so split in terms of his attention and the things that he's working on. Because we all know, (laughs) based on many stories, the way Ghostface's personality is, and it's much more a, get this shit done for me, I need it right now. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) You know what I mean? And I I think maybe we needed some of that from Deck in order to make this album worth listening to. Yeah, and that's why, you know, I put a lot of this on RZA. Again, I don't know the personal politics of the situation. There's probably a lot of shit that I don't know about, and I get that. I'm just saying, from a musical perspective, this album needed his full attention. Yeah, I agree. And it didn't get it. Yeah. So so did you have more uh, individual lowlights? No, those are my main ones. Again, the the song Forget Me Not has no business being on the album, (laughs) so that's getting cut, period. Okay. The, you know, RZA as executive producer or not, his lack of attention is a low light. And Mm -hmm. the fact that I only get You God and Master Killer from the clan itself on this album, with the exception of RZA's beats, is definitely a low light for me. And the mixing, the mixing is, good God, it's terrible. Isn't it crazy that you also get Street Life on here and no meth? Like I've always yeah, thought Street Life was like, you know, you met when you 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 get meth plus one and the plus one is Street Life, right? Like how do you not yeah. get meth but you get Street Life on here? That's pretty crazy. Yeah. So we're gonna get into this make it a classic portion. And mine might be kind of lengthy, so I wanna start with yours, unless you have something to add first. So I'm going to say that in its current iteration, there's no possible way that I personally could make this a classic. Okay. Um, so I'm going to go through, I'm going to talk about the records that go mm-hmm. and the records that stay. And then I'll propose, you know, like kind of what I would try to do. Okay. Uh, differently. Let's hear it. So, um, so the intro I scrapped, I didn't need it. Okay. Um, wasn't excited about it. Um, I think that, you know, what they tried to do in terms of energy wise with the up from the 36 chambers is kind of like, yeah. you know, excite you with the past, right? Um, yo, the, the 36 chambers, remember this guy murdered that album. He was amazing on it. He's been amazing yeah. in the past. So instead I do kind of more of a biggie approach uh, with, you know, previously on Ready to Die. And then, right, okay. you know, you get these kind of just excerpts similar to the sampler that I had from the Loud Records where you get to hear all these, you know, pieces of verses with, with Inspector Deck just murdering songs because... So so let me so let me interject. Would that be almost like how Nas introduces I Am? Yeah, I guess, I guess kind of similar to that. But I think, you know, Nas's music, his, his, his verses, what makes him dope are a lot less about one-liners and a lot more about just like, you know, reflective kind of cohesive verses. And I mm-hmm. think Inspect the Deck shines here with with the the kind of one liners, the small pieces that you you know you realize like wow this guy's amazing. I think I said it on the podcast before, but Method Man described him as somebody you know a free throw line dunker, a Vince Carter, a, a, a Michael Jordan. He's like there's you know most people when they write a verse you kind of lead up to the slam dunk, so it's like you know they run up and then they slam dunk. He's like. Inspector Deck is one of the few people who can be standing at the free throw line and just the verse starts and it's already a slam dunk. Like, and I think that that's very true about him. And so I think that this intro would kind of, you know, raise that excitement level. Okay. Um, so the other records that I scrapped entirely, um, Uncontrolled Substance, I scrapped because the beat is okay. terrible. And I just, <laughs> I just think it's, un, it's unredeemable. Like, and I love you, mathematics. I don't know why you made such a bad beat here. I just, you know, I, actually, I'm just gonna blame Inspector Deck for the production here because I think, you know, mathematics makes a bunch of dope beats. And I think every once in a while, you have somebody like Cannabis who will walk in 
to a great producer and either choose their worst beat or get offered their best beat and turn it down. You know, like some people <laughs> okay. just they just don't have it. So I, I maybe that's Inspector Deck's fault. Um, Grand Prix, I am on the the kind of borderline about scrapping it. I'm gonna scrap it as it currently is, and I'm gonna yeah. reconstruct it. I like the sound that Fourth Disciple kind of went with. It still fits in that Woo canon. I want him to tighten it up a little bit, like make it a little bit better in terms of the beat. And I want Jizza and Cannabis on it. Okay. I kind of wanted Cannabis in this time frame because I put both of them in this category of like really, really dope MCs that were killing everything they were on at this point in time, but just made really bad albums. So okay. um, Jizza and Cannabis are on that. I scrapped Elevation and replaced it with Stay True with a t deck verse. <laughs> Jesus. Okay. Uh, I'm scrapping Loving You. Um, okay. I'm scrapping Friction, actually. Wow. Um, okay. So I love that beat so much. Yes, yeah, it's, it's just a cool. It's a cool beat. It just it just doesn't do enough for what their performance was. Okay, so I took Movers and Shakers and I added Method Man and Red Man to it. Okay. Um, I, you know, I just think that the beat is 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 good and it has redeemable qualities. It just the the vocal performance bored me after the first verse. Um, mm -hmm. I moved Ninth Chamber to the back of the album as a bonus cut. Okay. And I added RZA to help him basically make the beat less boring. So it's not just like a loop. Yeah. Let me stop here to add kind of the overarching concept. What I did with this album to make it a classic uh, because of the fact that I didn't think that there was enough there, you know, just with the records that are here to become a classic is that I made this album similar to uh, Only Built for Cuban Links. Method Man is going to co-host this album and it's going to be executive produced by RZA. I have Method Man on almost every track. The reason I have okay. Method Man on almost every track is because I think Inspector Deck is boring. I'm sorry. Like he's the, yeah. the, one of the biggest problems here is just I lose out on the excitement here. And so you need that kind of excitement factor. And so it would have to be ODB or Meth. At the time, you know, Meth is kind of the better songwriter and kind of the be the more electric kind of personality, I would say here. ODB is an electric personality, but he's kind of, he's difficult to kind of control in the same way. Yeah, he's a wild card. Yeah, yeah, so I, he's like a guy that I want once or twice. I, I wouldn't like make, build the whole album around him. But, um, and the only other thing that I'm going to add before I go to the, the rest of the way I'm changing the songs here is, um, I want a primo beat on this record. I thought about that. I don't understand how you give the best verse on a classic hip hop album in Moment of Truth in 98 yeah. and then you get no primo beat on your album. Like, dog, yeah. yo, cash in that favor. Like, yo, primo, I yeah. did you a solid. I blessed your album. Bless my album. I think that's just right. a basic quid pro quo. So I, I, I've got that there. So anyway, I'll keep going. Femme Fatale, I actually liked the beat. Yeah. And I thought it was redeemable. What I did here was I thought it got a little repetitive. So I have mm -hmm. Minnesota who produced Not a Player, I'm Not a Player, the first version from Big Pun's album. Yeah. I have him coming in to kind of tighten it up. Like I really like what he did with a sample and really rounding out the bass and like how tightly it was mixed, etc. I feel like Inspector Deck and Minnesota together could make this a better beat. Okay. And then I have this song <laughs> Because of the fact that it's kind of supposed to be some like big story to tell, story to tell type shit, I fell off in the middle of the story. Like I didn't care anymore, and so I have this kind of being like, what was the name of that record? Like Contagious. Uh, what's the R. Kelly joint where Mr. Biggs is on it? He actually You're meets contagious, this. So contagious. Yeah, he meets he meets the boyfriend or this other guy that he keeps talking about in the joint, and it's either RZA or ODB. Okay, and they play the like opposing person in the story. You and uh, I have similar thoughts about this song. Okay. I would change it differently, but uh, you and I both kind of approach the song the same way. Okay, dope. Um, yeah. I kept Forget Me Not. I didn't think it was that bad. I wow, actually liked okay. the beat, but I, I think that all of the songs, with the exception of Word on the Street, that have anything about women in them and only have Inspector Deck on them are bad. And so... Okay. I have Method Man and Ghostface Killer featured on Forget Me Not because it's supposed to be about a woman. I want Method Man to make the beat, I mean, uh, the, the chorus better because I just, I don't care about that hook at all. Like, give me okay. ice cream energy, you know? Like, I, I want <laughs> some different energy on that. I kept longevity. I added Raekwon and Jizza 
You and I have similar thoughts on that. Okay. I also added Pete Rock to help True Master make the beat a little bit. And and maybe I think one of the things that you said that I didn't think of is just maybe some of this is just the mixes, right? But Oh, dude, they're awful. <clears throat> yeah. It's but like, really bad because... I feel like in general, if you don't like any of the beats on this album, there's a lot of songs on er earlier Wu-Tang projects that you don't like. But right. they make sense there because the mixing and the cohesiveness of those projects, uh -huh. everything fits together. Agreed. And there's songs on here that I know could fit on other projects, Definitely. but they sound bad because they're just, they're mixed so horribly. Right. I'm like, oh, I, I hear that instrument there. Punch <laughs> it up. Like, what the fuck are you doing? Make that shit sound crisp. And yeah. it's obvious. And that's why I had, I had like Pete Rock coming into this because I feel like he could tighten it up to a point where yeah. like you hear the elements of it again like i think the beat is good i think it's it's redeemable i just don't think they you know did much yeah word on the street this might be my favorite beat on this album um it's okay. one of them i added ghostface just because he's just a much better storyteller than most yeah. of the clan um so i added ghostface he kind of does his thing at the end i scrapped elevation and and replaced it with stay true we talked about that i yeah. completely scrapped loving you Okay. Trouble Man, I added Method Man and Ghostface again. Um, okay. And, and I actually, I actually like this beat. Like I, you know, and obviously I like the, the sample. You, you, you know, <laughs> Rec Room. I, that I made this my posse cut. Um, it has mm -hmm. Capadonna, Raekwon, ODB, and Method Man. Okay. And here's the reason why. Actually, I don't know if you ever got around to reading the You God book. No, I did okay. not. It's it's actually a really good book, especially if you're. A I know you told fan. me that. Yeah. Um, yeah. But uh, one of the things he talks about is um, rec room, the rec room, and how essentially, you know, what you see on the on the show as well is about how you know Wu Tang generally came from two projects in Staten Island, Stapleton Projects and Park Hill Houses, right? Mm -hmm. And so um, he talked about how like. Every once in a while, let's say it was once a month or whatever, they would throw a party in the basement of this, you know, the rec room of one of the projects. And everybody mm -hmm. from Staten Island would come. And that would be the time frame where, you know, Park Hill and Stapleton weren't necessarily, you know, separate from each other. Now, sometimes fights would break out between them. Sometimes there would be issues between dudes. But at the end of the day, like, they would all be in this rec room. Cats would rap. You know, they would battle outside. Um, you know, uh, it was just a, a big party. And so they kind of called themselves, like, the rec room posse. And he talked about how, like, they were so divided when they were in Staten Island. But because Staten Island was kind of the other borough, they felt as though, you know, they had to band together when they were outside. And when mm -hmm. outsiders would come into to Staten Island, they would all kind of band together. So that was when Park Hill and Stapleton were cool. And so I think Rec Room is supposed to encapsulate that energy of these Rec Room parties where everybody's together and they're all, you know, doing their thing. So that's why I decided to make this my posse cut because I love the energy of the beat and I feel like they could have captured that cypher, that magic, that energy of what made, you know, these Rec Room. Like, like tell me wh why Rec Room? Because it was something that I didn't understand. Like, typically... In this time frame, when I was young and I was, I would read liner notes and I would hear a song, I would see the title of the song, and then after I listened to the song, I would understand what the song was supposed to be about or what it was supposed to tell yeah. me. I, I still don't know what Rec Room was really about. Like I heard the end of it and I was like, oh, like I like this beat, I like the rhymes. This is a cool song, but like, what was it supposed to be about? You I got you. I mean? So that's kind of what I make it about. Um, Hyperdermics, I thought the beat was good. I add RZA on it to tighten it up. Um, and I want a new hook. And this one features Jizza and ODB. Okay. And then pretty much same here with Show and Prove. I thought the beat was okay. I think RZA could have tightened it up. It needs a new hook. All these Inspector Deck hooks are bad. I'm sorry. Um, They're not very good. <laughs> show and Prove, I add uh, Method Man and, and Capadonna. Okay. And then last, The Cause. So I contemplated getting rid of this record because it doesn't even really fit the album. Mm -hmm. yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But the drums, they kind of remind me of Havoc. And yeah. so I kind of put this at the end, almost kind of like um, the record that uh, from Nas's second album um, that had Prodigy and Havoc on it. I put yeah. Prodigy and Havoc on it, and then I have it as like the last track with Havoc helping him reproduce that beat. Okay. So that's that's pretty much what I kept and what I reconstructed. But I think you know, I would 
recontextualize this entire album around Method Man and Inspector Deck kind of as co-hosts. Okay. And that's that's my overall arching concept. So all right. You, what are your thoughts? I'm sure you have a, a different way to approach it. So I would definitely you? approach it a little bit differently. I'm yeah. not sure if uh, Premiere would work on this record. And mm. when we talk about punching up these beats in general, yeah. that's just me saying, hey, RZA, get in the studio and tighten this shit up like you've done for all your other projects you care about. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? So yeah. for me, that's kind of like a given on a lot of these things. Like it's just it's you know, RZA coming in here to tighten it up. I definitely agree with you that this album does not have enough Wu-Tang Clan. Mm -hmm. On mine, I don't have Met The Man featured nearly as much. Mm -hmm. I don't think that it needs like a co-host. Okay. But you're right that it needs more Wu-Tang. Mm -hmm. It definitely needs more of these members to make a lot of this stuff interesting. Yeah. The other projects had it. Every single one of them had it. Yeah. Why doesn't this have it? Yeah. It's definitely missing that. So even though I would approach how I would fix this a little bit differently, mm -hmm. you and I pretty much have a lot of the, a lot of similar ideas. Yeah. Um, there's some songs I like more than you. Obviously, I really love that Friction beat. Yeah. And I, I'm not cutting it. In fact, I'm featuring it higher up in the album mm -hmm. but the problem to me is just like its placement and the fact that it needs more charismatic members on it yeah so, yeah you know but I, I think we have a lot of the same ideas okay um all right so let me let me get into mine so off the top i actually like the intro what i don't like okay. is the little two minute clip at the end where the guy's like trying to buy yeah. the uncontrolled substance yeah. and for me in general like the uncontrolled substance I'm not sure if it's the best name for the album, but I'll stick with it. I think one of the big problems, and I, I should have mentioned this in my lowlights, okay. but the album art on this is fucking trash. <laughs> um, I, I, I forgot to mention that. Like the CD itself is fine, but I'm sitting here with the booklet. Uh -huh. And this looks like if there was a, a course on graphic design, <laughs> they would put this up as everything not to do. Like you've got an album cover here with like six different fonts. You, you clearly have all these different filters and, and different plugins that they're trying to use. They've got this weird thing where like they, you know, the, the uncontrolled substance are the, all the Wu-Tang CDs and they're, they're passing them out two for fives. Then you've got mm -hmm. like the police officers sticking the German shepherds on them. And mm -hmm. somehow whatever, like the police get locked up at the end. Like the shit makes mm -hmm. no fucking sense. The album art is bad. Like just keep it simple. Right, just keep it simple. And honestly, things like that like kind of matter yeah. to some of these real good good projects, right? Yeah. So, uh, you know, instead of having this two minute clip though of doing mm -hmm. that, what I would have done is something similar to what they did on Ghostface Killers Iron Man, uh -huh. where they took clips from the education of Sonny Carson, mm -hmm. and they they kind of interspersed that in there throughout the album. And mm -hmm. I would have done something like. I don't know, maybe taking something from David Simon's The Corner. I think that came out around this time. Mm. Um, that's the one he did before he wrote The Wire. Sean Nelson is in, in that, the same kid who plays in Fresh. And uh, he plays Big Mike in the Wood. You know, because that's the whole thing about Baltimore and the drug scene of Baltimore. I'm sure that there's some, like, cool clip that you could have put in there. Mm -hmm. Just something like that instead of this little come on, man, like, I need that medicine, man. Like, I don't know, just something better. Yeah. So from after after the intro, we're going right into Friction because I love how Friction starts off with the strings mm -hmm. and it says, back by popular demand. Man. I'm like, oh, that would be a good way to start off the album. Yeah, yeah. So instead of movers and shakers, we're going with Friction. Mm -hmm. And on the hook, instead of Inspector Deck on the hook, we've got Capadonna. And instead of Master Killer on the second track, that's where we're bringing in Met The Man. Mm. So we're still starting off with like, you know, I got this track, Friction, Capadonna's on the hook, Met mm -hmm. The Man second verse, mm -hmm. Inspector Deck third verse. Then cool. I am going to keep Uncontrolled Substance on this album. Wow. I think the problem is the mixing of it isn't very good. Mm. The other thing is, as bad as the hook is, mm -hmm. the actual like lyrics and singing isn't bad the singing isn't bad no no what i mean is hold on what i mean okay. is like the guy singing it is bad but oh, the so corny the problem what they should have had like blue jasmine or taquita mm -hmm. like this would have been a track to have one of your raw that makes female singers yeah, on it yeah, yeah and i think that that you know you can shorten the song too it doesn't need to be five minutes right. but you can shorten the track and, and put like one of those raw female vocalists on it to do uh -huh. the track and that to me i think makes it better um then after that we're gonna go to night chamber and this is one of the tracks where we're gonna have some of our wu-tang members on it so mm. we've got ghostface killer on this track you got is gonna come onto this track only because i'm gonna keep him on the album mm -hmm. 
but this is probably the best place before him. But this would just be like a, a prominent feature of Ghostface is on here, mm-hmm. and maybe even RZA could probably come on on the track as well. I think that he would probably add a good vocal contribution to this. Mm-hmm. So then after Night Chamber, we're going into Word on the Street. And we don't really need to change anything about this, mm-hmm. except I would not have made this a single. I would not have made this a video because there's other there's other songs that I think would have I would have made a video for. Mm-hmm. So Word on the Street is a, is a song that I like. I don't really need to change anything about it. It's not mm-hmm. the best story, but I think it's good enough. And the yeah. beat is is actually really is really good. Yeah, I love that um, beat. Yeah. So after that, then we're immediately going into Femme Fatale. And this is one of the beats that needs to get punched up, mm-hmm. obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't mind the story on here, but I think what I needed was I think I wanted Inspector Deck's character to fail in the end. Because mm-hmm. one of the things I do like about what he's saying in here, he's like, look, you know, it's not the nigga she had, it's the way she yeah, had niggas. niggas. That was a hot and line. It's, it's, it's a good line. And the premise of the song is pretty good, too, because he's like, oh, I'm not going to get caught up. Like, I'm the one that she wants. Mm-hmm. But I think it would have been really effective if he actually fails in the end mm-hmm. by his own hubris. Mm-hmm. So you talked about, like, potentially meeting the other man in the picture. Right. I think what would have been cool, actually, for me, what would have worked is I don't necessarily need another verse. Mm-hmm. But you know how sometimes, like, it sounds like like they're actually like doing like a movie scene mm-hmm. like have like a movie scene and characters going on and like inspect a deck like it's got in the end of this or something mm-hmm. like he thinks he's good but then he ends up not being good in the end mm-hmm. that would have been something that that, that kind of worked for me okay after that we're going to go into elevation and again this is a song that look it sounds so much better <laughs> on Supreme Clientele. <laughs> so much better. They just mixed it. They mastered it. You're right. They made it sound good. Inspector Deck tr- also, he, he kind of, he like kind of chopped it up a little bit different. Yeah. 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 But make the beat sound as good as it did on Supreme Clientele. <laughs> and this is our track where I'm going to put Master Killer. So we're taking Master okay. Killer off of Friction huh. and we're putting Master Killer on Elevation. He does All make right, sense, so- more sense there for sure. Yes. So Move as a Shake is, is getting cut. Obviously, Grand Prix got cut. Forget Me Not gets cut. Mm-hmm. We've got, you know, Word on the Street and then Femme Fatale and then Elevation. And then after that, I think this is where I want longevity. Mm-hmm. Now, what all of these good Wu Tang albums have are really good Wu bangers. Right, good woo bangers where it's like maybe the rest of the outside hip hop world isn't feeling this song as much, but all Wu Tang heads can get on with this. In fact, I think there's even a song on Supreme Clientele called Wu Banger, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like, like, like it's a a concept, like Wu Gambino's on Uh Only Built for Cuban Links, or the other one where Inspector Deck, I think it's um, Guillotine Swords, like that's a Wu Banger. Mm -hmm. This has no Wu Bangers on it, and I think that that beat. It actually kind of reminds me a little bit of what RZA did for Long Kiss Goodnight on on Biggie's album, right? And I think that if you punch up that beat and you give me like every good clan member, so I want Ghostface on there. I want Raekwon on there. I want Jizza and Method Man on that track. And then RZA can do like his little 5% of Wu-Tang awesome, the greatest, like ad-libs. Like he can give me some ad-libs on that track, but that's a good, for me, is a good Wu-Banger. Mm-hmm. All right, so now the next thing I'm doing is I'm gonna add a couple a couple songs. And what I need from Inspector Deck is the same thing that Pharaoh Monch gave me with Simon Says, mm-hmm. and the same thing that Ghostface gave me with Shay Shay La Ghost, mm-hmm. is I need a record that can bang in at the party, can bang right, in the right, club. Right, right. And it doesn't necessarily have to be commercially friendly, but give me a video and a hardcore greedy song that just just rocks, right? Mm-hmm. And so on this, give me a beat by like The Alchemist, someone who could give me like a dirty, grimy beat that also goes in the club and give me big pun on this. You know what I mean? And I know I know it's like kind of a far out feature, yeah. but he's on your label mm-hmm. and you were on his album with a great song. Have him repay the favor, and then that way you could get someone like who also has a commercial appeal. You can get a video for it, and could it just be a hardcore, gritty single um, that maybe it's not good for the radio, but it, because it has a video and because it's like a gritty, like just raw beat, it goes in the party, and that's like, oh yeah, inspect the deck. Like it doesn't have to be just something for the Wu Tang heads, right? Right, right. So give me give, give me a track like that. Mm-hmm. So then after that, we're gonna get into Trouble Man. And this is another song that I think should have had a video. Mm-hmm. This is a really crisp, clean song. And I love what Vinny yeah, Mejica yeah, yeah. does on yeah. the hook. 
I just think it's a really good song. Mm-hmm. It's something I would have featured a more. I liked it then, but I like it even more now. Do you like him on there? I do. I, I think it's fine. Okay. Actually, maybe it's not his best work. Mm-hmm. I actually think his best lyrics on this are show and prove. Mm-hmm. Um, that's when he's talking a lot about like his five percent. Yeah, yeah. Stuff. But um, I, I like him on Trouble Man. Maybe it doesn't need to be as long. It's a five minute song, so maybe you can cut it down a little bit. But I think it's good, and I, I think it was good enough to be a single. Maybe not on the radio, but again, if you have a video for it, like a like a black and white video where he's just like going throughout Staten Island and we're seeing mm-hmm. the city from that vantage point. Mm-hmm. That could have been cool. Um, and then after that, I'm going to loving you. And yo, the reason why you don't lo- like loving you is two reasons. Mm-hmm. One, the beat, they they didn't patch it up. They needed mm-hmm. to patch it up. And two, it doesn't have Capadonna on it. Yeah. How do you not have a song called <laughs> Loving You with this beat? And you don't have the man who has good black women sleeping over at his <laughs> yes. house. This song has Capadonna written all over it. That's true. The good beat black women sure. sleep over at Kappa's. Like, that's the reason why this song struggles. Right. It's because you don't have Kappa on it. All right. right. All right. So another song that I want is something that's really, really heartfelt. And you touched on this a little bit when you said that Inspector Deck is boring. Uh-huh. And I hear you. And as much as I think that he can carry a solo album, you're right. And one of the things that he lacks, like, mm-hmm. and something that Ghostface Killer has, is Ghostface Killer has so much emotion mm-hmm. when he spits. Like, you just feel his energy. Yeah. And Inspector Deck doesn't have that. But right. I think where Inspector Deck is actually at his finest isn't necessarily on the features like we talked about with Gangstar. Okay. It's on his record where he's talking about some real shit so for example like cream right he's got the best verse on cream or wu-tang forever's album in the city i really liked him on the city uh, and that's the one where he's got the entire track to himself or even also on that album a better tomorrow he's got a really really good verse on better tomorrow and i think that if you had a really heartfelt track maybe even something along the lines of all that i got is you with ghostface killer i'm not sure if he could if he could really pull it off but if he could yeah. and you had like a strong female vocalist on it mm-hmm. and you make that like another video single mm-hmm. maybe it doesn't get played for the radio but something like th- those so those would be my three videos right right you have the club banger with big pun and alchemist mm-hmm. on the beat you've oh, got wow. trouble man which i think would work and then you've got this heartfelt track that i think would would, would really do well yeah and then after that i think the rest of the album is is kind of remaining the same for me i would okay. you know i like hyperdermics i would put hyperdermics after my heartfelt track i'd have shown proof after that but i'd put old dirty bastard as like giving me like ad-libs mm. like true the time is come through <laughs> uh show and prove like i think odb uh, like singing that out would sound really really good uh-huh. and then after that that's where i'm putting in rec room i'm keeping it the same i understand what yeah. you're saying with the posse cut yeah. i like that idea as well but i already have some other features on here uh-huh. and then i'm closing it out with the cause mm-hmm. i do like the beat it's another one that needs to get punched up but that's where I'm putting in Method Man again and Jizza. I think that they would go really, really well on that track, and that's how I'm closing out the album. I contemplated throwing Jizza on that as well, but I was, but I, yeah. I love Mob Deep, which you know, so I was like, nah, that's fair. Their track. <laughs> that's fair. But I, you know, I think that you and I have a lot of the same ideas. We can get some outside influences. We definitely need more from Wu Tang members. We need more Method yeah, Man on this yeah. album. I agree, man. I, I definitely agree, and I think you know one of the things that you said that I agree with, despite me you know throwing a havoc or a primo you know on this record right. is that i think inspector deck really thrives among the clan like when on yeah. clan records he just he really stands out and you can tell he's in his element and mm-hmm. this album didn't it felt like a man outside of his yeah element, yeah you know and look that's why i said i put this back to rizza yeah. he did not do his due diligence on this album for whatever reason i don't know what it was yeah. i'm not judging the man i'm just saying this album objectively suffers because he did not put his best foot forward on it and i right. think that inspector deck is a clan member that deserved it yeah. you know what i mean yeah. um he he just did he he was there for all your other solo projects except mm-hmm. for old dirty bastards return to 36 chambers he was there for you on you know he opens up the clan yeah. smoke on the mic like smoking joe fraser the hell raiser raising hell with the flavor 
You know what I mean? Yeah. He he delivers on trial. I bomb atomically, Socrates, philosophies and hypotheses. Can't define how I be dropping these mockeries. Lyrically perform on robbery. Flee with the lottery. Possibly they spotted me. Yeah. That's Inspector uh, fucking Deck. Exactly. One of the greatest opening lines yes. ever. Yes. He deserved so much more than what he got from RZA and the yeah. rest of the clan on this album. Yeah. And it's disappointing. Yeah. And yeah, that's just, you know, that's what I had to say about this, you know. I don't think it's garbage because I hear something, like I hear the improvements on this album while I listen to it. Mm. But I agree with you that if I didn't look at it from that lens yeah. and I just took all these songs in a vacuum and yeah. didn't necessarily picture how they could be better, you're right. It's not a good album. Yeah, it's yeah. bad. It's yeah. it's a C minus at best. Yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah, it's tough, man. I think, you know, he had some other opportunities to display it later on, but I think, you mm -hmm. know, this is one of those albums. I, I think it was it was funny how you kind of juxtaposed with this with uh, with Black on Both Sides. But, you yeah. know, the rappers that I really, really liked in this time frame, some of them just didn't have a great understanding of music. Right. Um, and that's one of the reasons why I wanted Cannabis on here, right? Because him and Cannabis, I, I like them for a lot of the same reasons, but mm -hmm. neither of them really seem to have that kind of musical ear to be able to executive produce a project. Um, yeah. And and so, you know, RZA really needed to, you know, give this his undivided attention. So I don't know yeah. what you were doing, bro, but we needed you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So look. I know you weren't a, as big a fan of this album, and that's fine. Mm. But um, I really, really studied on how to make this album better because I think mm. there is actually is a lot there. Mm. I just think that the main things that it lacks, other albums have. So, for example, you have on your other albums, you have Wu Bangers. Yeah. On other albums, you have really heartfelt songs that not just your Wu Tang audience can get into. You mm. have other better singles on your songs. Like you have club records on other songs you know you what know, i mean but, uh, on, on other albums and they don't have that here and it makes like the filler tracks mm. sound bad because they're not they're not wrapped around other really good captivating songs honestly this album sounds like a man who is a very talented writer mm -hmm. you know essentially going to his composition book and just oh the songs show improve all right put the beat on I'm going to yeah. rap page three. Okay, now I'm going <laughs> to rap page four. You know what I'm saying? Like this album just like the, the verses don't even necessarily line up with like the subject matter on records. And I feel like that's fair. I feel like Nas might be the only rapper who can really do that in a way that, you know, for the most part, he can come out with an effective product because his lyrics are so socially reflective that you know they can take you to a place and he also kind of has a not to say that he has a, a myopic view but like he his view of the world is is literally looks like somebody looking out of their window to a yeah. point where they can they can tell you a whole story um and you get many different you know reflective of many different characters that that they see but like right. inspected decks is just a lot more it just felt all over the place it felt like it didn't really have a direction and so you know those are some of the things that we really needed a strong executive producer to come in and give us and and you know i think when you do have a strong executive producer you get some of those things you're talking about where you have you know a record that's a really heartfelt record a record that's you know can be used you know as a street banger or a club banger or you know whatever right. like those are things that come when somebody actually shapes an album and this doesn't feel like a shaped album at all no, it doesn't. And it's right along the lines of the other albums that came out. I mean, I do think that Beneath the Surface is a shaped album. It's just, mm -hmm. it's just kind of, there's not that much depth to it, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. I, lyrically, there is, but not musically. Yeah. So, but, you know, with the exception of that album, you know, this one, same same theme here, Golden Arms and Immobilarity. Good God, yeah. but oh, good God, Immobilarity is <laughs> bad. I yeah. mean, that shit is... That was That's really just a bad. fucking F. It's awful. <laughs> it's Even bad. Yo, it's so, I like Live from New York though, and I like fair. And, I, and at the time, Casablanca is a decent song. Casablanca's too, fire, but, and I liked yeah. at the time. Probably don't still like, but I haven't even tried to go back to listen to it. Oh, the record man. where he's mentioning all the sneakers. The yeah, the Adora, song is called Sneakers. Whatever. Yeah, that shit was alright, but I think yeah. I was also just a kid, so I probably liked yeah. sneakers at the time. 
Yeah. All right. Well, I think that should do it for Inspector Deck's debut album, Uncontrolled Substance. This is still his best reviewed album, which I think makes sense. Uh, I mean, you know, he was at his peak and after this, yeah, and after this, like no one really cares about Wu-Tang projects unless Ghostface is on it. So... (laughs) You know, it's true. It is what it is. You know, Method Man, his, some of his Meth Lab projects are okay, but by and large, like, no one really cares unless it's a Ghostface project. That's so, true. That's true. Yeah. But yeah, the only thing I'll say is, um, you know, for folks who, you know, feel like we didn't, we didn't give this the glaring, um, you know, positive review, definitely take a step back to the last couple episodes because we, uh, yeah. we talked about most deaf black on both sides, which I think we Ooh. both love. Yes. Um, and we talked about Feral Monch Internal Affairs, which we both loved at the time. And so definitely I liked those it at episodes. the time. I liked it at the time. Okay. Well, I loved yeah. it at the time. <laughs> All right. Cool. Yeah. So, um, you know, hit us up. Let us know what you thought. You can hit us up at the uh, the 80s babies. We Gmail, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, SoundCloud itunes spotify all that good stuff and yeah if you guys have any suggestions for future episodes we got the 20 years for the chronic 2001 dr dre yeah that's going to come up in november so excited about that one yeah be sure to stay tuned for that but um all right y'all i think that should wrap it up peace peace I'm fleeing the crime scene on the major digging. Power steering, lost the handle in the jeep spin. Deep in the seat, I'm a suit by the precinct. My gold defendant turned stake and let the beast in. They watch my old dirt lab, grab 50 G's cash in the stash and let the glocks blast. Sun dash down the fire skate, past the weed gate, the weed gate. Thought it was a sting, pop the tray eight. Jake's giving chase, not a dress must skate. I was creeping down the staircase, we met face to face in the lobby. Cold stairs showed no fear, we out for now, but next time we might go.